0: White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 690.
1: This is Sonny Smith, and you're listening to the AU Wishbone. You're listening to the AU Wishbone, almost credible sports discussion on the White Rocket Entertainment Network. The Auburn crowd can smell it. They can taste it. They can almost see Minneapolis.
2: I'm not even hungry, and I can taste it.
1: The Auburn Tigers! For the first time ever, we're going to the Final Four.
0: From the Palatial White Rocket Studios in southern Illinois and eastern Virginia, it's the, uh, what is this? It's the AU Wishbone Podcast, John. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Ben. How are you doing? i am your host van allen plexico i'm joined as always by my co-host i'm john ringer i've been changing up the beginning a little bit a little a little less formal it's the off season
2: right you know? can't roll out the big gun every time
0: no no just kind of being a little casual because we are here just to talk about what's going on in auburn sports this week as we do every monday night slash tuesday morning for those of you listening on the pod and uh off of the uh the podcast feed and uh We've got a good bit of basketball stuff to get to tonight. Not a ton of football, but we'll kind of poke around in. It. There has been a there have been a few things around the SEC as we like to say that we can talk about. But uh
2: but first up, what is new with you, sir? Just uh you know, enjoying the basketball season and the, uh, the so far mild winter where I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're about to get snow, so good for you. Yeah, the basketball team, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight in just a minute is that they really have um, given us reason to be happy again after I mean they really only played one bad game honestly, but it was the Georgia game unfortunately. but, um, but I think that just goes to show you that uh, on the road in the SEC, you, you can't take anything for granted, right. You got to be at your top right. of your game every, every twi- you know twice a week basically.
2: But also, I think that was that game was a real change in the trajectory of this program. It's a
0: wake-up call.
2: It wasn't just that. it's that I think they realized the way they were playing wasn't going to be successful, and they had to change their behavior and <laughs> what they were doing. And I think the coaches changed some things, too. Yeah. And it's not the same, and the team is much better than they were before and during that game. They're doing this radical thing where
0: they actually make shots. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know why it took them this long to figure that out, but okay. But, um, you know, the Georgia game, I think in particular, was one of those where we we get five offensive rebounds and it just keeps bouncing off the rim. And it just – when you get into one of those ruts where three-pointers aren't falling – And when you put back a short rebound, it's not. It just won't. It turns into like when you go to the to the amusement park and you're trying to do the little basketball thing. Everything bounces off the rim because the the rim's the same size as the basketball. Yeah, yeah. That's the way it starts to feel. And you're like, the only way we're going to break this drought is to get a dunk. And then you do a dunk, and it bounces back.
2: (laughs) You know, it's one of those things. It made me think about some of the football teams we had over the years and discussions we've had on this podcast about manufacturing offense. Yes, and about how we can't just do can't just run a couple of plays and get stuff. You have to you have to manufacture stuff and there has to be this big production and machine just to get a few yards. And and that's yeah. at the, early in the season. That's how it was a, the offense on the basketball team.
0: Yeah, it it really it, it gets like pulling teeth sometimes. You just think how. How can it possibly be this difficult just to get a shot? If then other times we turn around and, and everybody's making three-pointers and looking good. So, um, But it, it did seem like I'm, – I'm sure that there are things that they are doing, and we're getting much deeper in this than I intended to hear in the offset, but while we're talking about it, let's just finish this conversation for a second. I'm sure there's things that they are doing to set up um, – to run an offense to, to get people open to make shots – but there's also the and then the shot goes down part of it and it just seems like everybody except maybe KD is is doing better at that it's like it's like they sacrificed the chicken to the voodoo god you know and and now it's the
2: shots are falling i would say we're having the right people take shots and from mm-hmm. the right locations and they have changed the playing rotation and kind of the ball distribution a little bit so we're not taking as many bad shots. And I also think some players on offense have a little more confidence right now than they did back then. I think that's another part, too.
0: Well, Wendell certainly kind of, and with reason, kind of got dipped down, I think, a little bit, but he's come roaring back. He's just, I mean, he we talked about it before, but he has really become the closer. You know, you, you, you get us any kind of lead with two minutes to go, and you just let him dribble around until they foul him, and he's going to make the foul shots. He's just almost automatic. I think he missed one the other night against LSU, or whoever, but he's just automatic, so... Um, and yeah, I noted on Twitter the other day that it, it just seems like they fall into a rhythm where Jai Wendell and Flanagan together, those three, when when the when the back's against the wall, those three seem to be able to to do something, to make something happen when nobody else can. Now somebody said, well. You know What about Jalen Williams? Yes, but Jalen seems to be better at the early part of a game. He seems to kind of get the ball rolling, comes out, he makes a three-pointer, he gets a good rebound, good offensive rebound or something. Jalen has a really strong first-half presence. He's good in the second half, but not the way he is when he comes out at the beginning and kind of takes it over. Then those other three guys are kind of the ones we lean on at the end. And so it's kind of like they've worked out this formula almost. I don't know if they're even conscious of it. But they got that formula, so um, that you know that goes a long way. And then everybody else kind of plays their role too. We we've talked about this before, right? Um, Bruce's teams always have those role players, those guys that come off the bench, give fouls, uh, make a few really important clutch shots when they have to. You know, going all the way back to Horace Grant and um, um, Malik. Dunbar, mm-hmm. yeah, those guys, none of them were like NBA superstar lottery picks, but you put them out there in critical moments and they're just reliable. they'll they'll defend, they'll rebound, they'll make a key put back or something. You know, they're we've always had two or three at least of those guys on every Bruce Pearl team. It seems like going back to like seventeen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. and and um and we've got them on this team.
2: That's true. But they've also reduced the playing rotation from where it was in the non conference schedule. And they could talk about injuries and other stuff, but we're not playing Chance Westry anymore. And I don't think he's gonna play this year. Well he does have
0: a legitimate injury issue there, so
2: that's I don't want to
0: throw him under the bus.
2: I think he had had I'm not either, but I'm telling you he's practicing. So it's not a thing where he's in rehab and not practicing basketball. But I think they're holding him out so he can be fully healthy, but also because the rotation can't be twelve guys and be successful, right. I think. They figured no. out he, you know, wasn't at a place where he was as good as he was, you know, in the in the overseas trip. And we have some other veteran guards. And then additionally, uh, you know, I think Treyor's and Cardwell's minutes have gone down a good bit. Um, and they're yes. still playing, but more is just kind of give the other guys a a breather for a few minutes and I've
0: I've been surprised at how how few minutes Dylan Cardwell has gotten. What's up with that? Cuz when he does come in you, on the defensive end, you know, he's in yeah. cuz he commits manslaughter when he has to and that's good. That's a good thing. And when he gets a dunk, oh, he takes the roof off the place. So he he he's very emphatic. When he's in and gets a chance to do something, but I guess just play by play to play, minute to minute, he's not as all-around solid eh. as as he's not as
2: good as Broom. It's a it's a little bit like last year where he wasn't as good as Kessler, and so every minute with Kessler out was you were losing something, and it's the same now. Broom has really picked it up over the last couple weeks, and yes, he's been very strong and double uh, doubles,
0: double doubles. All down the aisle, yeah. And Trehor hadn't really done hardly anything until, was it, what what was our most recent game? LSU? South Carolina. Oh, South South Carolina, Carolina, yeah. He had a good game. He had a pretty good game in the second half, I thought. I was like, wait, who is that? It took me a minute because he just hasn't played much this, you know, in in the SEC since they started the SEC
2: part. And I think it was good for him to get some confidence so he can come in and be kind of a spark. But also, I think South Carolina was a good matchup. They don't have a bunch of strong physical talented big guys and so he could he could make some moves on people so before
0: we get into the two games there was one little football related news blurb I wanted to pass along I'm sure by the time that people listen to this podcast probably on Tuesday or Wednesday they will have seen it or heard it but it's just was breaking I think earlier today is that we knew that Stan White had retired as the color analyst for the Auburn football Aub- for the Auburn Football Network. Remember those days? <laughs> mhm. And um, and so we found out today that Andy Burcham's new partner in the booth will be who? Jason Campbell. JC, number 17. Oh, number 17 on the jersey. Number 1 for the for that era, for that era in your heart, right? As a great quarterback. And, we loved him.
2: And he's been part of the broadcast team, been doing some halftime stuff and everything. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see uh Excited to see him in the booth.
0: Oh, I mean, he he was one of the few quarterbacks in Auburn history to play all four years. Now, Stan is the only one to pretty much go wall-to-wall four-year starter. He's the only one as far as I know. Jason had to contend with competition in certainly 2001 and to a degree in 2002, Mm -hmm. I think. Yep. Yes. But by 03, it was his team, and 04, of course, he was the SEC player of the year and well-deserved. And what made him so great in 04, uh, you know, he was more mobile than most just because he was really tall and lanky. He could he could run slowly and still cover a lot of ground because he had long legs. He's tall and slender. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's always seemed to me one of our most – tall relative to thin quarterbacks we ever had usually quarterbacks that are that tall or more like beefy think about cam and quarterbacks that are that thin or smaller like a brandon cox or something but he was really tall but kind of slender but he could move he could get outside the pocket and move when he had when he had to and um but the thing he could do that we had not really seen an Auburn quarterback consistently do for a long time before him was he could come out and uncork the bomb. And the receivers he had in 03 and 04, well, really 02, 03, 04, those receivers, he was there at the right time because he had people to throw the ball to. And so between Obamanu, Aroma Shadu, Mix, and, of course, Courtney Taylor – he had several tight ends that were reliable. And so he had so many. And then, of course, he had Cadillac and Ronnie Brown and, and, yes. and Trey Smith. He had so many weapons around him, but he could get the ball to them. And that's not nothing, right? I mean, we've had a lot of quarterbacks that couldn't do that. Right. But he could, he could drop back and uncork that long bomb for a touchdown. I mean, we we probably had more like 60, 70, 80-yard touchdown passes with him than every quarterback
2: for the previous 20 years before him combined honestly. You're probably right. He was very good. He had good touch and he had good connection with the receivers. Like they were on the same page.
0: Yeah. And he had some good ones, man. Oh, what a that I've always said that was probably the best receiving core. We've had some good receiver rooms over the years, but I think that was number 1. I, that would be my Absolutely. number 1. There's another there's another question that we'd like to, you know, ask for our our listeners and for the patrons too. Um Tell me a better wide receiver group than the one Jason had in 4 And it kind of bled over to to, to Cox in 0-5 a little bit. Um, but, I mean, Courtney Taylor, Devin Aromashadu, Brand, uh, Ben Obamanu, uh Mix. There were a couple of others in there that I forget. Those are the ones always come to mind. Those running backs, Cadillac could catch up. Ronnie Brown was a great receiver out of the backfield. Oh, we had some good tight ends in there. I can't ever remember the tight ends, but there were some – who when did we ever had? I mean, I know that Cam had some good receivers, but I felt like Cam kinda went a long way toward helping them be really good. <laughs> it didn't hurt having Cam Newton, uh, you know, with the threat of the run and everything. But I just felt like that was that was a great bunch of receivers. So anyway, he's gonna be our radio guy, a color yeah. analyst, and I'm looking forward to that. So
2: look forward to hearing him this fall.
0: Absolutely. Hopefully, he'll have something good to. Stan was like, Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> to what we saw the last couple of years, but I don't blame him. But uh, hopefully, he has something good to, to commentate on. All right. So, the basketball team, as we were saying, after the, I want to talk about the two games. But first, after the Georgia game, um, we understand they had a team a player meeting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And there were two things that were stressed at that player meeting one was having better communication. Uh, And so apparently in practice ever since then, they've really worked hard on communicating with each other on the court and kind of helping each other out. You remember during the Georgia game, it came to seem like everybody was on an island and nobody – they weren't on the same team. They were all just kind of out there playing one-on-one. And that's no way to win a basketball game. Mm -mm. So communication was one thing. And the other was they were saying that some of the players – and I don't know who it was, but you can probably make a few guesses – some maybe the younger ones, right, um, or newer ones, needed to learn how to accept constructive criticism. Apparently, they weren't didn't some of them didn't like being told what they were doing wrong, and they've kind of like confronted that and dealt with it a little bit. So when you can solve two issues like that, that's usually a good sign, right? That's a good thing.
2: In, in any organization, it's tough to hear uh, things that you know, that aren't great, right? Yeah, you could yeah. be better at this. You yeah. could do your job better this way, or you could change, and or don't you know? In the future, let's not do this way, and and but also like that, you need to communicate better with your coworkers and the people you're working with and the people you're doing a job with. And so, I think those are tough things, but they're recipes for success things. And mm. they you're right; they weren't doing those things. Yeah. Everybody it's, thought they knew what they needed to do, and and didn't need to listen to the coaches. And that, and you could see, you could see in those early games they weren't communicating well. We saw a lot of failed fast breaks and a lot of defensive breaks downs with guys were communicating and stuff. And that's gotten way better. Way better.
0: Yeah, some of the plays where you have to complete long or very challenging passes. They weren't even close to doing that. Like, you know, when the when the point guard and the guys running the running down the quarter in sync, it's just smooth. You know, think of all the times that Jared Harper could connect with one of our big guys for a, an alley oop dunk. They weren't anywhere close to being able to do that. Wendell'd throw it down there and there wouldn't be anybody there or whatever. Go, you know, sail out of bounds or nobody would be there. But they've they've done that a few times now. It seems like they're kind of coming around, you know, so um, one other little tidbit before we get into games, um, it was noted during the South Carolina game that Auburn really needs to root for Arkansas because our, our only Category 1 high-ranked win so far was against Arkansas. And Arkansas, dang it, they went on a losing streak and almost took themselves out of Category 1. And if they had lost, the, you know, when we were playing South Carolina, they were playing somebody... Pretty good. I remember who it was. If they had lost it, maybe Missouri or something. If they had lost that game, they'd have dropped out of Category One. We wouldn't have any Category One wins. So fortunately, they won, and they're clinging by their fingernails to it. But um, and 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 I do realize that in a in a few weeks, it's not going to matter as much because we're going to be playing Alabama and Kentucky and Tennessee and everything. But for right now, you know, no. But if Arkansas knocks off a couple of those, yeah good for us. Yeah. It is good for us. And well, I mean because you know that 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 what's that Goodman guy that does basketball ratings doesn't even have us in the top 25 yet still. And I I think probably part of it is he hates Auburn cuz as we said last episode, everybody hates Auburn, but also because um we don't have the quality wins. You know, we we've, we've beaten a lot of teams that are beatable teams unfortunately. Well, I'm glad we beat them, but we haven't really, you know,
2: who have we played, honestly? And it's a yeah, fair—it's a, f- a fair thing. It's fair, but I mean, I also think like Auburn's a good basketball team. We're yeah. a top twenty basketball team, and the SEC is pretty strong. And uh, you know, again, it'll—it's one of those things like it's nice to talk about right now, but it'll all get settled academically before it's over. So. It will.
0: I, you know, we keep being told how great Alabama's offense is, and and Tennessee, and everything. And, I, you know, they may very well kill us. I don't know. I make no warranty toward that. All I'm going to say is I am looking forward to seeing what happens when we put our defense out there because I don't think they've played much. Maybe they have, but I don't think they've played many teams yet that play defense like Auburn does.
2: I think you're correct. And
0: both those teams, I mean,
2: Tennessee and Alabama are top five teams in the country right now. Yeah. They're both really, really good. And we get them home and away. Is Tennessee right now
0: a better team than they were when we used to just beat them every every time the last two or three years, three or four years? Maybe. Because I
2: I haven't gotten to watch it. They're definitely better than they were last year.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen them play yet. They're one of the few teams I just haven't, just happened to not have caught yet. Their defense is. Excellent. Yeah. Well, see, that could be a really interesting game then, and that's that's another point. There have been a lot of defensive struggles in the, SC- the SEC basketball this season. Looks like '80s SEC football. Like there was a you know we talked about the game where there were there were no fouls. There was there was no there was one game we played. It might have been LSU. It might have been the week before that or something. Ole Miss or Mississippi State, where we had the other team in single digits, and it was getting close to halftime. I was like, this game could be twenty-four to nine at the half or something. It's just crazy how much teams are struggling to score right now, and especially when they play Auburn.
2: No, we LSU. It was it was bad for them. <laughs> yeah,
0: they didn't have a lot going on in that game. They yeah, they were hurting
2: uh, offensively. Well, before, um, before we get into the LSU Carolina games, I just wanted to bring up two facts that you were yeah. talking about the. This other stuff. We need to remember these things and be proud of them. Auburn now has the nation's longest home winning streak. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. And we have been ranked for the longest streak in program history—31 weeks now. Yeah, I saw that, that we
0: were tied, and I was trying to think when were we this when were we ever ranked 30 weeks? Was it like the late 80s or something? I mean, I, I didn't think that team those teams i guess it could have been i guess it could have been like from 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 like late uh, 85 uh, through early 87 maybe that'd be my guess
2: cliff, cliff ls 98
0: oh. 99 there you 99, go
2: 2000
0: okay That's yeah that strange. makes i should have thought of that yeah yeah cuz the 99 team they went like 30 and 4 or something ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay it still kills me that team they still didn't win the sec tournament or get to the elite eight. <laughs> it. Seems like our best teams are not the ones that go far. It's basketball is such a weird sport, right? Our, you know, the team, la- our team last year just made it to the what? The they lost in the Sweet Sixteen, and um, yeah, the Cliff Ellis's team I think made it to the Sweet Sixteen and lost to they did to somebody. Um, was that the team that lost to Ohio State? I think it was Scooney. I think Penn.
2: so. Scooney Pin. Yeah, it was the 86 team.
0: Michael just kinda, Red. Mm, uh. Yeah, The 86 team and the 19 team were the ones that really went the farthest, and they just kind of turned it on when it was time. And, yeah, you can't predict it always. Well, I always say the 2019 team, they were a very, very ordinary Auburn basketball team until almost the end of the regular season. They needed some miracle plays to beat Georgia – and a couple of other very mediocre teams that season. And they kind of, they were limping toward the end of the season. Remember, they lost to Kentucky by like 30 right before the end of the season, like a couple of weeks before the end of the season. And they limped out of the regular season. They somehow, I think, won their last couple of games in the regular season. And then when they got to the SEC tournament, and we say this over and over, tournament play is guard play. And it was like Bryce and Jared went, it is. Oh, cool. And they just became otherworldly. They owned the SEC tournament. That game with Florida was one for the ages, man. I mm-hmm. We were all out with my wife's family and everything. We were at a like a pizza place that had a bunch of games and stuff to play, you know, out, a lot of tables and all and they had the Auburn-Florida game, that tournament game, up on like a little TV, and I was just like transfixed. I'm like, yeah, just one more second. Just one more second. I couldn't look away from that thing. That was a dogfight. And then and then after that, that team just didn't look back. They got a little took, win under their sails. They didn't look back.
2: Just took off.
0: Man. Um, yeah, so this team continues to be good enough to build on what last year's team, and to a certain degree the team before, we're able to accomplish. Um, so, all right, LSU. Um, you had a note about the defense
2: and the point totals. So, so it is the uh, we held them to forty-nine points. Yeah, again, okay. it that's is not much, not and a half in the entire game. It is the lowest point total allowed by Auburn in an SEC game since the two thousand thirteen game we played against Alabama. Oh yeah. Um, where, <laughs> um, where we beat them forty nine thirty seven. That was a Ooh, ugly low scoring game, but <laughs> that's a rock uh, fight, as they say. I was gonna say we've had a lot of football matchups with higher <laughs> scores than that, and so and that was yeah. a long, again ten years since we've held an SEC team to that low point.
0: Yeah, I, some of that was us, and some of that was them. I think.
2: Sure. Yes, but and the other part of the defense thing that I and I want to talk about is. A lot of times, I think Bruce Pearl gets ripped for kind of not being a coach that micromanages, and people think he doesn't coach the team; he just mm-hmm. rolls the ball out there and recruits guys. But part of Auburn's coaching staff and the, what they do really well is scouting opponents and making game plans. Yes, and we so we talked about it a lot Breach. earlier with the Arkansas game and the Zoom and. This exact thing happened with LSU. We had they had seen Florida have success against LSU right before, and we knew the Florida coach Golden was you know one of Bruce Pearl's guys, and they had watched that film and understood what uh, Florida was trying to do. And then they just took that and took it to the next level against them. And they in that game, and in the South Carolina game, just like the Arkansas game earlier, we talked about, was a great game plan. We had a great scattering report and we were prepared they had prepared the team to take advantage of the weaknesses of the opponent and execute in a way that, that gave us the best chance to win so i i
0: found the box score for the auburn lsu game of the day at the half lsu had 21 <laughs> 21 at the mm. half they'd kicked they they'd scored three touchdowns before halftime 32 21 sounds like an auburn lsu game honestly <laughs> that was what it was at the half so um and 35-28 in the second half. So that does sound like a football game. But, uh, but yeah, no, there's no doubt that, um, that, that, I mean, you know, we've got some really good assistant coaches. We, You know, between uh, Senior Flanagan and um, Junior Pearl, they both do a lot of scouting and, and stuff like that, and they really seem to be doing a really good job. So I'm afraid we're going to lose one or both of them to being a head coach before too long. We'll see.
2: It could happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. So, uh, yeah, that was LSU, and that was a nice win down there. Another on, you know, on the road, right? I mean, we, we that, talked.
2: We, yeah, we talked about we got to bank those road wins. Bank them, uh, baby. We, these yes. aren't the best teams we were playing last nope. week. LSU and South Carolina, and we need to get SEC road wins. while we could get them? Yes, and we did it. That's success.
0: Yes, that's the thing. Is don't don't worry about how good is the opponent. How good is the quality of the win? It was an SEC road win. You take it, regardless. <laughs> you just make sure you secure it, put it in the bank, and now mm-hmm. you're ready for whatever you know. Because that's an extra win that you'll have that maybe you wouldn't have had uh, being on the road if you had played a little worse or something. So, um, so then we went over to South Carolina. Again, interesting. We hadn't been in a, in the, in Neville uh, Arena since the game before for LSU, I guess, and I guess they'll be coming back home on Saturday, I mean on uh, Wednesday, right, Wednesday night, to play yes. the, the, the Collie Dogs. Yeah. So um, so we go to South Carolina. This was a weird thing, because it was like, what do you expect from South Carolina? There is, talk about Jekyll and Hyde. There's the South Carolina that had gotten blown out by everybody, but there's also the South Carolina and I'm not talking about their women's team here, although certainly it's excellent, um, there's the South Carolina that went to Rupp Arena and, and handled Kentucky. So, you know, it's like it's kind of like if last year's you know, if, if, if uh, the, the 2021 Auburn team that lost to you know, everybody in the second half of the season had won the Iron Bowl. You know, <laughs> lose, lose to, you know, whoever else, Mississippi State or whatever, but but win the freaking Iron Bowl. So I just was like, when we played South Carolina, I'm like, we could win this game in a walk, or we could get killed. I have no idea what to expect. And it it looked to me like it's one of the few games I can remember where the fouls, at least early on, seemed to actually go our way because they called one of South Carolina's starters, um, the big white dude with the beard, mm. they called him for, like, charges back-to-back very early in that game. And I'm like, Whoa. I'll take that, yeah. So,
2: um, so we pretty much ran them out through that game. Yeah, we we ran them out of their own gym in that game. It Was complete domination. The biggest thing is they just didn't have the size and talent up front that we've seen from other SEC teams, and that they couldn't stop us inside. And so we were able to really control things. And their broom had a gigantic game, and because yes. they, they didn't have anybody him. that could stop. It. No. They, they were putting some six, six, seven size, uh, six, seven guys on him. Didn't? When he was away
0: from the rim, he was turning around and doing that really nice touch shot, like little kind of a baby skyhook, mm-hmm. and and just the, it wasn't it wasn't banking. It was just dropping. Just every time he did, it was dropping. And then if they got him down under the rim, and this was something Walker Kessler kind of struggled with, as we've talked about, he was able to just go up and get a dunk. And so, you know, he was dangerous to them under the rim. He was dangerous away from the rim. And, um, I mean, when Trehor comes out and hits a couple of three-pointers, you know things are going your way, and that happened. Um, That's right. And then, uh, so Broom was a double-double. He had 27 points along with 10 rebounds. And then Wendell Green, what can we say about Wendell? I mean, everybody loves Wendell. He's, He's the heart and soul of this team and has been for a while now.
2: And he's turned his play around since that Georgia game, and yes. been one of the better players in the whole conference. Yeah. But I think there's no doubt. Like these other guys, Broom, Flanagan, Jalen Williams, they're, you know, they're important. But I think Wendell is is the the difference. When he's good, we can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. And when he's not good and having a bad day, we're in trouble against we can good
0: teams. Lose to anybody. He's the straw that stirs the drink. I was going to ask you this. It just came to me out of nowhere, but I saw something about this the other day, and it just made me shake my head and laugh. Um, Devin Cambridge, there's a flashback for you from our last two or three years. Devin Cambridge, another one of those role players, wanted so badly to be Bryce Brown. The only thing missing from his game was that the three-pointers didn't always go in like Bryce. Did you see what he's been doing lately? Shooting? He's knocking him down left and right. I'm like, oh, come on. Come on, Devin. Don't I don't know. I don't remember where he transferred to. Arizona State. Arizona. Yeah. Just knocking down. His brother plays there. He's playing Mm. with his brother at
2: Arizona State.
0: I'm happy for him. That's great. But man, we sure could have used a three-point shooting specialist on this team right now. Oh, man. Listen, if you told me
2: Devin Cambridge was the three-point shooting specialist is coming in, I'd be like, okay, buddy. He's doing it, I, is it just the Pac-12? Does it just make everybody is better to go Pac-12
0: defense? I don't know. I, I, I it's like a just, the bone. We the, call it the, the bone
2: Knicks effect. <laughs> it just makes you better on offense to go out to the Pac-12. It, it, maybe it's just he's in a better place playing with his brother. He's happy. He's confident. And maybe it's maybe he's you know, done some work, you know, with some coaches and they've given some more confidence. I don't know, but he's, he's i happy for him.
0: Well, good for Devin. I wish he could have done it <laughs> while he was at Auburn, but okay, we'll take it. All right, so – and then I do – I mean, I, I asked you the last week, and I'll ask you again, is it time to talk to your children about KD Johnson? What's the – what – I mean, he's he, – he has the want to, man, and we love him, but he continues to struggle offensively. He can – every now and then we get a little burst of what he's so good at, but he seems to be the kind of guy – that if he runs into a brick wall, instead of looking for a way to go around it, he just runs into it again and again, thinking he'll knock it down. And it doesn't always – sometimes it knocks him
2: down. Yeah, he – again, he's not having as good a season as he did last year. Um, But, I mean, he does come in and help play really good defense. I mean, that's the other – like, we've been talking about offense a lot, but – Alfred Flanagan's been playing great defense, taking mm-hmm. out the other team's best big wing players. Zep's oh, yeah. been playing great defense on their guards, yep. and Broom's been you know blocking some shots, intimidating some people inside. And KD does come in and provide some defensive energy, and um, and it does help you know uh, to give the other guards a break when he's doing that. But you know, I think he he's taking less shots, and I think that's honestly a good thing. So.
0: Yeah, probably. You know, we've said it before. There's not any tens on this team, but there are sevens that, on some nights and afternoons, play like eights and maybe close to nines, and that's sometimes good well,
2: enough. And they're experienced yes. sevens. You know what yeah. I'm saying? There's a big. It's a more. It's mm. honestly a little bit more of an old school basketball team from 15 years ago, where you have some guys that. They haven't all been together the whole time, but they've been around college basketball a few years.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they had last year to play. You know, we talked about this before, too, that um, when you get good as a program, you start losing players after just a year or so. You know, the, the 2019 team was mostly guys that had played together two or three years. Yes. And so you've kind of got to combine really good talent for that year with a core that's played together long enough to have chemistry and experience and if you can kind of put all that together but that's why that's why every good program doesn't tie for the national championship every year because you know a you have to have just that exact combination come together which may not happen twice in a decade if that and and then and then and then b after you get that then you got to have luck and you got to have good guard play. And you have to not lose to New Mexico State in the first round. And there's That's just right. so many things that have to come together and go right to, to get where
2: we want to go. I mean, it's, you know, so. Oh, man. It, and some of it is rock, paper, scissors. You yeah. have to get the right matchups. And, you know, the, you, sometimes you get the wrong matchup, like Miami. So. That's right.
0: You know, in, when, in football after 2004, there was this prevailing attitude. People were like, ah, we'll just come back and do it next year. We'll just come back and get them next year. And I remember thinking, we're going to be a completely different team next year. And, you know, we may not get back to the position to play for the national championship for, for 20 years. We don't know. And, um, you know, you have to do it when the opportunity is there. And as Auburn fans, we know way more often we haven't than we have. And so, but yet, six years later, there was Cam and then... Uh, Three years after that, there was the Nick Marshall and, and Trey Mason. So you never know. And so, you know, the 19 team had a couple of things go against them, but we might not get back in that position for 20 years, if ever. We might do it this year. We might do it next year. You just don't know. So you got to be prepared. Um what else around the SEC do we? We've got an around the SEC in in, in football and stuff coming up <laughs> later, but I won't. I won't play the sound effect. Um,
2: the only thing I think is we're going to talk about the games coming up in a minute. I mean, there's Alabama's undefeated. There's three teams that have one loss: Auburn, Tennessee, and Texas A and M. And then you drop down to the next group of teams already have three losses. Wow! So this game coming up Wednesday night against A and M is big. In terms of you know staying uh, near the top, but also Auburn is in an excellent position. What we talked a lot about is try to finish in the top four so you get those buys in the SEC tournament. Did we not? Didn't A and M
0: the team that beat us knocked us out of the SEC tournament?
2: No. Yes, we owe these people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the last year's team had that feel not as bad, but of the team that played up here in St. Louis in the SEC tournament where they were good for most of the year, but by the end of the year, after uh, Mclemore broke his leg or whatever and everything just started spiraling downward, remember? Um, that was when Mustafa Heron was still on the team before he transferred. Yeah. That year, you could just, you know, you get a sense of, oh, the wheels have come off and they're just playing out the string now. I That last year's team, it the way that the regular season ended was not going up. It was kind of going down. It was kind of like people got our people got our number right toward the end of the year after we were just untouchable in February. And by the end of March, it felt like they had our number, and I think sure enough, I mean, A&M did it to us, and then Miami did it to us, so very frustrating. Um, what about Kentucky? They were just a basket case for, for a little while there, but now it seems like they got it going on again.
2: They do. They've really – again, they had talent. Right, uh, yeah, that Oscar Schwebe way guys back. Uh, they, no kidding. They got some. They got plenty of players, and they were in a, a bad place when for a while when South Carolina went up there and got them, and they were talking <laughs> about Kyle You should go to Texas and all that. Yeah. And then uh, now they've kind of righted the ship, and they went up to Tennessee and beat them, and they won some other games, and then they're they're looking pretty dangerous now. So we'll see, you know, down the road, it will be good for us if they could beat some of these other teams, right? Um, but they won three games in a row, and uh, they they look pretty good so far. So,
0: yeah. Well, I certainly uh, endorse them beating Alabama. I want <laughs> I don't want Alabama to be number one or be getting a number one seat or anything like that. That I you know we talked about it last week. I just can't fathom that Alabama basketball is that good. I just I you know say and one of those graphics said, best basketball coach in each state, and they had Alabama for us. And I'm just <laughs> like, come on, please.
2: Okay, buddy.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so we've got Texas A&M, the Collie Dogs in Neville Arena, Wednesday night at, at 9, 8 Central on ESPN The Deuce. And then we have, I guess, the Big 12 Challenge, right, the next next weekend.
2: Mm-hmm. We go to... Morgantown, West Virginia, at noon on Saturday. Uh, that will be a you know a different road trip. I have been there. <laughs> I went there with the Tupperville team for the football game. Oh uh, yeah. Um, and they're good. I mean, they're a really the Big Twelve is tough. They have a lot of good teams in it. This mm. is a legitimate top twenty team. You know, uh, they've beaten some good teams. Bob Huggins is the West Virginia coach. You remember him from other schools,
0: Cincinnati, you know, know, notably, I think.
2: It, and the, and they and in terms of the power rankings, they will be the best team we have played since Arkansas. So.
0: Yeah, you said ahead of Duke, Kentucky, and Memphis. That's
2: interesting. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. And Ken Palm, they're ahead of the, Duke, Kentucky, and Memphis. So this is a good team, and that will be a tough, tough environment on Saturday. And, and it's
0: Duke. at yeah, it's on the road, which is just all the worse. And it's eleven o'clock Central Time. So get up, get ready. Bruce Pearl and Bob Huggins on the court together should be the greatest thing since Sonny Smith and Bobby Knight in the in the Hoosier Dome in 1987. It's going to be fun. It's going to oh. be a
2: fun game, and that place is going oh to Lord. be rocking.
0: It is interesting how they – I guess they randomly pick who plays whom because last year it seemed like we actually drew a really lucky draw, right? It seemed, it seemed like last year we got Oklahoma and they were down.
2: Right. I think – it's somehow based on like projections of, of the projected rankings right and they thought we'd be good and Oklahoma would be good but the Oklahoma was bad mm. and this year they thought we'd be down a little bit West Virginia would be kind of more middle of their conference so that's who we got we're not playing mm. and then and the interesting thing I'm and I'm looking forward to this I'm going to be honest is the big 12 challenge is going away and we're gonna have a, in the future there's and there'll be a basketball, SEC ACC challenge. Oh. So interesting. So we're gonna play, you know, UVA, North Carolina, Duke, Virginia Tech, NC State, all those schools. I'm looking forward to it because I'll be able to go to those games and those will be fun matchups.
0: Did 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 you say we'll be playing UVA? You
2: lied oh, yeah.
1: to me. Release the Hounds.
0: <laughs> I was doing this mainly for the
2: release the Hounds part, to be honest. Listen, with you. Can you imagine oh, if they we'll re- if they do the the first time they do the SEC ACC challenge schedule, and it had what if it has a like UVA coming to Neville Arena?
0: Oh, oh, Ooh. oh, good. Look out, Goobly goose.
2: Look out, that
0: yeah that that, <laughs> that 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 would have the potential for um, yeah. I just don't even know where that would go. Um, so that yeah, that's cool, and then. You know, I guess we're not getting TCU and Kansas, who both seem to be pretty good right now. Yeah, and Kansas and State,
2: Kansas State is very yeah, good. so I guess it could fine.
0: be worse. They're they're good. Okay. All right. Any other basketball thoughts on your top of your head right now before we thank the patrons?
2: No, the Texas A and is good. That's the yeah you know, the team that beat us last year. They got a lot of players back. They're a solid mm. team and and uh, definitely one of our competitors for the top of the SEC. This is a big game Wednesday night.
0: This is a challenging week coming up. We've we've been we've been able to have a little more white meat, a <laughs> little more uh, chicken nuggets the last couple of weeks, including the South Carolina game was definitely chicken nuggets. But uh, now it's getting a little tougher, a little stringier, a little gameier. Yeah, get ready, get ready, get ready. All right, so you're listening to this program without commercial interruption. Thanks to these fine folks, if you want to join their ranks, go to www.auwishbone.com and click on the big orange button to become a patron. Among your benefits you will receive, in addition to having this show continue going, is that you will get to be part of the... Um, the March Madness uh, brackets that we do every year when we get to the end of the basketball season coming up uh, unfortunately soon in the the grand scheme of things. Um, And you also get to have, among many other things, you get to have your name mentioned. Oh, by the way, I did send out another batch of hardcover signed Auburn basketball books Last week, I believe people have been telling me they're getting them, so that's really good. If you if you ordered one and you have not heard from me, please check in and make sure if you haven't gotten it yet, because I think everybody should have theirs by now. We we've sent out a raft, a truckload of signed hardcover basketball books. Um, so if you are a patron, you are entitled to order one. I think it's around thirty five bucks. And, I'm, and I hate that, but that's basically cost because shipping is outrageous and then these things are ex- extremely expensive to produce. So we're not really making any profit off the hardcovers. Uh, we just want it to be a, something nice and special for the patrons. Uh, so just drop drop us a line at auishbone at gmail.com if you are a patron and you'd like to get one. Um, all right. So here are the fine folks. Oh, yeah, I was going to say the other benefit is you can put whatever you like in your name blank, including a sound effect choice, and I read it. So here we go. Here are the folks keeping our program uh, going. That includes Samuel Salvatore, Boris the Tiger's Burner account, Carl Von Drunker, Chris and Clinton Stewart, Ann Kangian, Bradley Blackman, Daniel Odom, Logan Chilton,
1: Hey there goes Tank.
0: Matthew Flowers, Michael Kirshnell, Phil Amthor, master sommelier level sponsor and paying for adam hill's ground crew level sponsor very good of you phil richard stevens steve trawick susan trawick trombone tiger willie carden um (laughs) oh this is cool this person has asked for the following two sounds combined tonight's forecast a
2: freeze is coming brilliant
0: that is our portal transfer portal theme of course it's Doctor Who but that is our transfer portal theme and I would just like to point out John we did an entire show a week or two ago about the transfer portal and I forgot to ever play that a single time I was
2: going to compliment you on your restraint <laughs> I was so mad at myself when it was over. I'm like,
0: wait a minute. We have a we have music for that and I never played it.
2: Oh, Missed no. a chance to click the button on the soundboard. Oh, oh, so curses. many,
0: so many times on that episode. I could have just been working that thing constantly. I'm <laughs> just railing at the heavens right now. I love it. All right. That was a really good one. I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna do it with the other one. Um you know, John. Ole Miss is really upset about all this and they wish that we would stop punking them but all I can say is
2: I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy.
0: Ah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Can't get enough of it. All right, continuing on. Basketball season plus the basketball book, a winning combination since 2022. I think so, too, and I appreciate it. Ben Bloodworth, Cam Newton's seamstress. That's a new one. Interesting. Chris Hilton, Chris Thrash, Clay Henson, Dan Thompson, Earl Ricks, Eric Morgan, Bobby. Freeze has more O-line commits in four weeks than potatoes had in two years. Uh, Oh, Mark says insert your random clip. Oh, God. You know what? I'm just going to... Th- I don't care.
2: I can't get enough. Freeze. Freeze. Ice. Freeze. Ice. Winter. Frozen. Ice. Freeze. Winter. Ice. Freeze. Winter. Ice. Freeze. Winter. Winter. Freeze. Cold. to try to make up for last week.
0: Just- <laughs> I am. All right, now. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, Jacob and Robin Fleming. I think that's Mark. Catherine England. Kevin Smith. I kind of have to guess who people are when they... <laughs> When they dedicate their uh, their namespace to fine, uh, clever sayings or soundboard requests, which is awesome, but it also means I kind of have to guess who they are. <laughs> give my definition, right? So I said, Jacob and Robin Fleming, Catherine England, Kevin Smith, Lane Middleton, Logan, Mickey B, no one fights like Gaston, Algo Rhythm and Blues. Uh, pass me the salt. I need it for all these old Miss fans. Amen to that. They have not been happy. Although, oh, that is something I want to ask you when we get to the Around the SEC. Paul Miles, Phil Davis, Reynolds Wolf, Rich Reimer, Rusty Owens, Sarah Brown, Soundboard. Oh, ah, ah, this is a good one. Joel's Barbecue
2: Foot Massage.
0: Does not serve... Potatoes. <laughs> That's from 76 Tiger Esquire Official Sleazy Lawyer. Oh, that was good. Y'all, there's some creative stuff happening from the patrons this week. Yeah, John is applauding silently. I like it. Steve Harlan, Theodore Gary, War Eagle Always, Warhammer 6, WDE Richie uh, at 2 Freeze Time, Wes Atkinson, William Morgan, Wilson Beard, Wynn Carroll, Winston Boddy, Returning to Everything School, Adventure Tales Magazine Presents, Hugo Slees and the Struggle to Find the Lost City of Atlanta. Okay, I, you know, whatever. Auburn Blue, Blake Heron, The Real Boris the Tiger, Brandon Smith, Carter Glouse, Colby Butler, Corey Smyre, David Simpson, Di Bama, Hugh Anderson, Josh Teal, just Wait Till Next Year. That's amen to that. Kevin Mahan, Luther and Kelly Ottaway, Papa Todd, Patrick... <laughs> Patrick kills me with this. He wants me to end it early. Patrick Williams and our one-time and anonymous donors. Ah! Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Russell Milling, Sarah Hines, Sasquatch, Shane Bailey, Shannon Butson, Stephen Houston, the guy in the parking lot who's had too much to drink, harassing people at...
1: Joe's Barbecue Foot Massage.
0: That's right. That's the most popular thing on here lately. You know what? It's become so popular that it may have uh, pushed aside the old standard. Smoke weed every day. Oh, it's been too long since I got to play that.
2: Where are the people calling for that one? It's a classic.
0: It's a classic. It's the number one in our history, yeah. but Oh, well. Uh, Tim Pittman, Timothy, Tony Perry, Weagle87, at the Mad Reaper Pepper Company on Instagram. I'm going to get me some Mad Reaper Pepper. I'm going to do it. Uh, Alex Nguyen, Ben Amos, Ben Regis, Brian Albanese, Charles Mooney. In fact, uh, Mad Reaper Pepper Company ought to send us like a sampler pack, and I will PayPal them back uh, at whatever email they include in the box. Uh, and I'll talk about it on the air. I want to sample it. Send us a sample pack, Mad Reaper Pepper Company, and I will, uh, we will, John and I will check it out. You're a big hot sauce fan, aren't you, John? Yeah. I'm a big, uh, Hot ish sauce. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got all kind of hot sauces, but none of them really seem hot enough to me. So I'm wanting something that'll really get my attention. So I hope those take the,
2: guys take the pain off
0: of <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Alex Wynn, Ben Amos, Ben Regis, Brian Albanese, Charles Mooney, Chris Como, Chris Braun. Colonel Dad, a.k.a. Ari Benzane. I am missing my category, mister. That's a Babylon 5 reference, by the way, for those who don't know. Uh, He's also a great patron for our B5 show. Uh, We appreciate him doing both. Construction Tiger. Country Roads Take Me Home to the Place I Belong. Neville Arena. Amen. Good call. Daniel Barnett. Daniel Whitten. Got to swallow. Darren Pyle. Elizabeth Donald. Escort Hugh Freeze elsewhere. Eh, Some folks hadn't come around. Uh, we uh, we gotta get better gotta at celebrating. celebrating. I am Tiger Boris. Doesn't have the guts necessary for violin strings. I'm not sure that that that, that people around this house are going to appreciate Boris being slandered too much. He's a very beloved uh, little feline and, and 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 fearsome. And he does. He is known to travel around the country by air. So I want to watch out. Uh, I'll buy this for a dollar. James Taylor, Jason the Weasel School of Albert, Jeremiah Schumann, Jim McCrory... Joey Miller, Joseph Iliff, JT Jarhead, Justin Bean, Kenneth Britt Rains, The Barbecue. You have failed me for the last time. Yeah, we say that every year, and yet, uh, that's also aka Auburn Dad for Life. Mark Squire, MVP, Captivating Kathy Bright. What's the Brussels? I just think Kathy just, I wanted to give her a different golem for a change, that's all. Paul Bankson, Royce Alvarez, Russell Souther, Ruth and Darren Sutherland. Spanky is the homeless guy that lives in the Unisex bathroom.
2: And John's barbecue foot massage.
0: Very popular sound clip. Sports illustrated Auburn Elvis, Stephen Thompson, the Slinko Family, Tim Saul's. Oh, we gotta talk about Tim. Tim sent us in the, uh, the the traditions battle thing, right? I believe that was Tim. So we'll talk about that. I I, I, I forgot. We forgot to say on the air to Tim, thank you. We got the thing that you sent us. So he was like, "Did you ever get it?"
2: Yes, we well, did. While we were having discussions about what the what how we wanted to,
0: do yeah, it. John and I were deep in discussions of it and just forgot to tell Tim. <laughs> so sorry about that, Tim. Trevor Johnson, why are you booing Johnny's right? And Brant Rumble plus our one-time and anonymous donors, we thank you all. Go to www.auwishbone.com. Uh, let's see. I always have a thing here for a book book update. I think the only book update I have is the paperback is out. There are copies, I think, at AU Bookstore now uh, for the basketball book. And at some point, John and I are going to get to working on the next special Auburn book. We always have one kind of in the, in the queue. Uh, you want to play Guess the Game? Jared's back. Bring it on. All right, he is back from assignment with this week's episode.
1: Hello, Van, John, and the rest of the AU Wishbone family. This is Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist here with Guess the Game number seventy-six. Sorry about missing last week. My excuse is that I uh, hang on, I um forgot. All right, so <laughs> I think I am caught up again on. The send-ins, if I missed you, uh, it's not personal. It was my mistake. So please don't feel bad about poking me and saying, hey, uh, I sent you one and you missed it. Just let me know and we'll get that going. But for now, we're going to go back to the Jared well of plays. And I found kind of a fun one for you here. I'm interested to see what you do with it. I'll stop talking. Let's play it. Can he get his third touchdown of the quarter? He'll give it a shot. Easy into the end zone. Touchdown, Auburn. Has three scores here in the first quarter, and Auburn up with 6.59 to go. All right, guys, I'll see you in the hint file.
2: Okay. Wow. All right, let's. The announcer was. Was that Rod? Believe so, which means. It, it was funny
0: because often in the games that we get on here, Rod is more excited. His voice sounds slightly different when he's just like, yeah, we're winning in a cakewalk here, you know. And it sounded like we were winning in a cakewalk, so Rod was just kind of like, yeah, hey, how's it going? I'm always all good.
2: It just didn't sound again, like it. when somebody scores their third touchdown of the quarter, it's a cakewalk.
0: Yeah, it. yeah. So, I, you know, let me see if I can play that the game part of it again. I think Jared
1: was right about here. I'm just going to fast forward it. The yeah, Jared well of plays, and I found kind of a fun one for you here. I'm interested to see what you do with it. I'll stop talking. Let's play it. Can he get his third touchdown of the quarter? He'll give it a shot. Easy into the end zone. Touchdown, Auburn. Has three scores here in the first quarter, and Auburn up with 6.59 to go. All right, guys, I'll All see right. you in the hint file. First Home quarter. game. Home game, first quarter.
2: Three touchdowns in the first quarter. Yeah. So somebody got off to a super hot nuclear start. Uh, ideas. Got In my mind, it's got to be a running back. I don't think we've had three, a receiver catch three touchdowns in the first quarter. No, you're right. Unless it's the so, quarterback throwing
0: three touchdowns to three different. But he didn't say. It didn't sound like he was laying out it, it the quarterback. It sounded like somebody
2: carried the ball in three
0: He touchdowns. did. Well, so. t- t- uh, Trey Mason in the SEC championship game or against Missouri? Um, Could be. I don't know. Could be. I don't know that he scored three in the first quarter. I, I was thinking that like our, it seems like one of our first touchdowns in that game was that incredible pass from Nick Marshall to uh, one of our receivers that caught it, stretched out fingers in the end zone, running sideways. Uh, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Man, it, it maybe it's a lesser game. It doesn't. It doesn't. Certainly wasn't I like st- a Georgia st- game. Doesn't sound like an LSU no, I was, game.
2: I was trying to think of a. Oh. Yeah, who did we play before Alabama that year?
0: <laughs> you know who might have had a game like that? Mm-hmm. on Johnson. I thought
2: about that. I also thought about like Cameron Artis Payne.
0: Yeah, yeah. He had a couple of big games yeah. in here he, in fourteen. So. Yeah, his uh,
2: caps year was fourteen.
0: That was mm-hmm. the year he did all that. i was just thinking
2: the... about a fourteen game um, where he came out and carved somebody up. Or
0: okay, something. the the team we unexpectedly railed in fourteen was LSU. Mm-hmm. That was the year we absolutely blew doors on LSU.
2: Just everything worked. So my my guess then is going to be Cameron Artis Payne, uh, fourteen and, LSU, uh, fourteen LSU. All
0: right, I, I'm I'm going to guess. I'll go the other way then. I, it, it may very well be. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say. I'm going to say uh, on Johnson against. Oh, is he still on the? Who? Who scored all the touchdowns against Purdue in the bowl game in 18? Was it all throwing through the air? And Stidham had a bunch of those, but we we scored like a million points on Purdue in that game. I'm just trying to think of games where we scored a lot. Well, you know what? There was Stidham in 17 up here against Missouri. We blew him out. Mm-hmm. And 17 was – all right. I think it's going to be one of those. You, you take Cameron Artis Payne, 14 LSU – I'll take Carrion Johnson, 17, Missouri,
1: and let's just see. Because, right. I
0: mean, right. I, I'm 50 50 on that, honest. And it may not be either one, but I'm
1: 50 50 on that. Okay, guys, get rid of the bleeps and give it a listen. Can he get his third touchdown of the quarter? He'll give it a shot. Easy into the end zone. Touchdown, Auburn. Booby Whitlow has three scores here in the first quarter, <laughs> and Auburn
2: up 20 0 with 6.59 to go.
1: Okay, I'll see you in the answer file.
2: Booby Whitlow. Bo Booby Whitlow. <laughs> Booby Whitlow. When the heck did Booby Whitlow Alright, what so eighteen? What
0: Right? eighteen and nineteen. Wasn't Whitlow still our main running back in that nineteen Iron Bowl that was such a high scoring game? I think he was. I don't think it's that game. Go No, it wasn't that game, but I'm just saying I think eighteen and nineteen were his years, so okay. Who did we? Who did he run in a, Run the, run over like a bulldozer in the first quarter. 18? Eight te- 18 team was kind of mediocre most of the year, wasn't it? It was all right, but it wasn't seventeen or nineteen. I got a mighty. I don't know. Well, we were both wrong, and I thought we had two very good guesses. So, all right, we it some something in eighteen or nineteen. But I don't remember the nineteen team running over anybody. That nineteen team had to struggle most of the season. And win with defense a lot of the time. And, you know, Florida yeah, upset them and everything right. else. So, all right, let's see.
1: All right, Van John, if you guys figured out this is Auburn playing Purdue in the 2018 Music ah, City Bowl, uh, then you, I, you are correct. I had a I, lot, a lot. Of touchdowns to choose from. <laughs> I was at that game. Once again, if you guys out there in listener land want to be part of guess the game and send me a play, or if I missed your play, just reach out and let me know. I am at yard sale artist Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And like John always says, you want to help me out, send me a link to where I can hear that play. And if it's got a timestamp somewhere in there, let me know where a great place to start watching or listening would be with a timestamp. That's really helpful to me. So. Thank you to everybody who sent in. I can't believe we've done 76 of these now. We are on the road to 100, and I couldn't be happier. Van, John, where eagle! All right. Great
0: job, as always, yeah.
2: by Jared. Thank you, yeah, Jared. We, I, you I, said Purdue, and Andrew, like, who scored all the touchdowns in that game? And I really thought in my brain at that moment, I thought, well, carry on was holding out for the NFL draft. He didn't play in that game. Yeah. I don't, if he I even, said that, we might have come to Whitlow. Well,
0: Carrion didn't play that whole season, did he, or did he? Did he play in 18? I was thinking that 17 was his last year.
2: No, 17 was
0: his last year. Okay, so I guess it was Whitlow then. That
2: was it. It was Whitlow the
0: whole time. Wow. It was Whitlow all along. Yeah, so we said it and then kind of put it aside. Oh well, I can't claim that one because it came to mind, but I did not know. I did not have the information necessary. All right, that was a really great one. I like when we have one that's really challenging. Um, all right, so I guess at this point we have to start. thank you. Order questions to the Prime Minister.
1: It's time for listener
2: questions. Start, start, on the AU Wishbone podcast. All right, what do we got tonight? Well, the, before I get to the questions, I want to—we had a lot of people respond as follow-ups to our Bruce Pearl starting oh, five discussion. A lot good. of good feedback on that, and one player that several people brought up that we did not mention, even as a backup, was Sharif Cooper. We didn't. No. We said we were talking about Javon McCormick okay. uh, as the backup point guard and I think maybe Sharif Cooper would get the edge there, but I don't know. I'm I'm open to discussion.
0: Well, the only thing about Sharif Cooper is that th- he only played part of one season and we never really got okay. to see him at his best. He was he had issues academically it, or with the clearinghouse or whatever the crap. I don't know. And,
2: and and not a great defensive player.
0: Not yeah, and he was just starting out. The team around him was not good that year he just didn't have a lot of pieces to work with so that team didn't even that team wouldn't have even gone to the NCAA tournament it was on probation or whatever so it didn't get to do anything but it if it had been (laughs) eligible it wouldn't have gone so um yeah that was kind of the worst team we've had in the last four or five years so I just didn't think of him because of that probably but I know he's a good point guard and he's certainly raw talent I wish he could have stayed around a couple of years more and and, and uh, you know, kept growing into the position.
2: I agree. But anyhow, that was the one player that several people brought up that they really felt like we should have. That was fun. Yeah, it was good. All right. First questions from Samuel Salvatore, who says, Hello, guys at War Eagle. I won't be able to listen this week since I'll be out of the country on a much-needed vacation with my wife. However, I do have a question. Does this year's Hoops team have better guard play than last season's team? I feel like Wendell is taking the next step up that we didn't see last year. Uh, Williams seems to be doing the same. What do you think? I it's different.
0: I don't think KD's as good as he was last year. I think Wendell is better in some ways. He's not as much of an offensive threat as he was last year. He's well, he, well, the last week or so though, he's kind of asserted himself. So it's it's hard to say. It's just that last year Wendell was Mr. You know, knock it down from the from the AU in the middle of the court. And, and now he's struggled a little bit more with his shot, but he has I, – I don't know. They're kind of a work in progress is what I'm saying. I, I They have the potential to be better
2: maybe, but, God, last year they were so good, though. Well, but I think part of good guard play is maturity and experience, being in tough situations and responding to it on the road and in mm-hmm. different environments. And I think Wendell has elevated his game. I think, he again, he came off the – remember he came off the bench last year – he didn't have to start the games. Um, Zep and KD started. That's right. And so he could come off the bench and kind of be the spark
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then be the closer at the end. And I think he's, you know, I think he has gotten better. I think he um, knows when to be aggressive and, and when to lay back and kind of let things happen too. But also think he's more confident in his own game and his ability to kind of be the, be the guy.
0: Yes, I agree. What about Zep? I feel like in a you know KD's kind of regressed a little bit, and we haven't seen as much at least on the offensive end. We haven't seen as much from Zep because last yeah. year when he did have to take shots, he would make them.
2: Yeah, but he's barely shooting. He's barely shooting, and I think when he does, sh- he had that game I don't know a week ago. I mean, it was the Arkansas game. He he had a good offensive showing, but then it'll go other games and shoot two shots, one shot. Yeah, I think he's a good shooter. Um, but doesn't have a lot of confidence that doesn't want to take shots he wants. But I think he's a great defensive player. He's really good at the defensive end of the court. He gives other teams' guards a hard time, all always in um, in half court when he's picking up other teams' guards. Um, it's one of the reasons that other teams don't shoot well and have a lot of turnovers against us, because he's in their face causing their problems. So he's very valuable in that way. Um, and I think also think like he doesn't – he doesn't shoot a lot, but he doesn't make a lot of mistakes with the ball either. That's true. In terms of he gets the ball, gets it to the right place at the right time.
0: Yeah. That's been kind of Flanagan's thing for a while, fortunately. He's kinda of gotten past that I, Flanagan hasn't hasn't had more than there's only been I can only think of like two instances this season with Flanagan where I said, Oh no, you know, not again and it that last season it was like three times a game.
2: Oh yeah. And so then again, that so that past Saturday, the the down the court oh. pass between a couple guys was the the Wendell, Wendell to
0: Flanagan I believe it was maybe Flanagan had a dunk that was just awesome. Mm-hmm. He he's as, as thin as he is and everything he can get up there and put it down with flair. Um, the only other player on the team that dunks it with you know in a really spectacular way is is Dylan. So between the two of them they <laughs> they can put it down. Um, Everybody else is more casual about it, it seems like. The Berminator has had some pretty darn good games the last couple of weeks. He's, I mean, you know, he's been out there. He, not only has he played a little defense, he's made some shots. He's hit some three pointers with confidence. He even hit a, like, a running two or something there. I mean, when you can get everybody playing at that level, and there's a couple we still need to kind of elevate up to that level, that. That does bode well, so that, that that seems good.
2: Well and our other small four is injured, but maybe back Wednesday, we'll see. Which one is that? Oh, oh Chris Moore, yeah, of course. Chris Moore has been hurt. He Yes, he has. Warmed Separate up shoulder. for South Carolina but did not play. Maybe right. maybe Wednesday. So
0: Separate shoulder. That's amazing that he's gonna yeah.
2: All right, any other questions? Uh, one or two more. Then this next question is from Bill Miner, who says, Guys, in light of our upcoming trip to Morgantown, I have a fun question for you to ponder for Auburn basketball, what would be some fun road games for you to see them play, either because of the opponent or the venue? Mm. Where would you like to see go to a road game to see Auburn play basketball?
0: I've never been to the Arkansas campus at all, football or basketball. It would be neat to go see them play at Arkansas, I think, just because it's got a good reputation and somewhere I haven't been before. Um and I've never been to Vanderbilt's basketball arena. I've been to the football stadium, and so it would be kind of neat to go in that place before they ulti- the, inevitably tear the it down.
2: Ball arena. Yeah. I, I would again. I, out, think outside the box here. Anywhere. Okay. Okay. Right. I mean, you know, I eventually, if we do this SEC-ACC challenge, we make it to play them at Cameron. But Cameron, you know, we're not going to get a ticket to that. I could say. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, good luck. Uh, yeah, that's a good
0: luck. That'll come but, in the same envelope with your master's tickets.
2: Mm-hmm, I would love, but that would be, you know, uh, if we go to UVA, I could tell you I'm going. Um, yeah. So, well. mm. But, I mean, there's some other great basketball arenas, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh Love to go like see us go play at Villanova in Philadelphia, right? That'd be yeah, be neat. Um, I,
0: you know if if we do get to go if we do play them play Virginia in in uh, Charlottesville, you, you know why Auburn would win that game? What? Because Scott That's
2: that's it. That's why. Um, I you know I think uh, some other you know great smaller basketball arenas like i don't want to go to gonzaga that's a high school or a gym but um you know i think there's some other great arenas around the country i mean ucla allen, maybe or something or... ucla or allen field house at kansas um mm-hmm. yeah you know i mean the dean dome would be fun to go that see would a be game cool. there. I, you know so i don't know I, um those are the ones that come to mind immediately i mean even like you know to play like I think we played uh, in Madison Square Garden at some tournament where Bruce was here, but that would be another cool place to see this team play. So.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not that far from Kansas's campus, actually. I mean, in the relative scheme of things, we've just sure. had to cross Missouri, and we're right there. It's right on the edge on the other side. We're on one edge. We're, we're just beyond one edge, and they're just beyond the other. So as we discovered on our – I didn't know. I had no idea. But as we discovered on our Kansas State football trip in fourteen. Everything in Kansas is right there in the same, you know, it's all within like a throw a rock and hit it. So
2: while we're talking about this, I wanted to tell people what is the, do you remember us going to a road trip to see Auburn basketball when we were in Northern Virginia? Oh yeah. We've told the story before we went to see Auburn played at James Madison in basketball Mm -hmm. and lefty Drizell was the James Madison coach. This was yeah. like 92, 93 yes. 92. in there. And so, uh, so that was Tommy Joe. Tommy Joe Eagles. And uh, that we were, you know, there's probably 10 Auburn fans in that arena, including us. So,
0: yeah. Was Denise with us too? I think she, no. I, I, yes. I, I think she was. And I think my mom maybe too. Yeah. So I think maybe I your know, mom. I was, know yeah. Denise was there. So, yeah. That's right.
2: That was, was I a think fight. we lost though. It was neat to get to go though. Yeah. But it was that was, again, a very small, intense arena, and mm-hmm. we were the road team. And they were letting us have it.
0: They were. Yeah, it was not, all right. not a good time. Uh,
2: and the last one is uh, from Rick Harper, and the title of his email is Pop Quiz Hotshot. Uh-oh. He says, here's your scenario. You can sign the highest-rated QB in all of college football history – Guaranteed talent to get you at least one national championship. He's Cam Newton merged with Tom Brady with a dash of Joe Montana, top of Patrick Mahomes. There's just one thing. Uh-oh. He has, he has some trouble processing colors. <laughs> so in order for him to play at Auburn, we have to adopt new uniforms. What? And those uniforms make Oregon uniforms look dull. He needs bright colors, stripes, Bedazzling anything to make our players stand out. <laughs> what do you do, John What do you do, Sign Captain Friendly? Well, I I think
0: you you happily throw those jerseys on, right? I don't have a problem at all. I if it gets me a if it if it goes in the record books as another national championship, nobody's gonna remember what color jerseys we were wearing in ten years. That's what I want. I want that. I want that. I want another star on my jersey, like. Uh, like Argentina just got their third gold star on their jerseys. That's what I want, another star on there. You, do you, how do you feel?
2: Bedazzle it up. Yeah, baby.
0: That reminds me of adding things <laughs> on, bedazzling and all. Do you remember after we won the 2010 National Championship, they were selling jerseys of like Cam Newton and, and uh, Dyer and all, and they had the two orange stars like it was World Cups? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. I almost got one just cuz I like the stars on it. it of course. Cool. I like- the the problem there of course is is it two or is it and that's a whole that's another topic for another day, but I'm not one to want to embrace the two because it means you're not embracing all the others that we could say. So, well, Agreed. that's a that's a topic for May. Is what that
2: is. That's it. And and we we've covered it before, we will cover it again.
0: That is correct. All right, let's go ahead and get in the Almighty Mobile. And take a trip. Get on up on the interstate.
1: Let's take a trip around the FTC.
0: To Guthrie's country, and uh, there's been some uh, coaching moving around going on. Yeah,
2: yep. Little little shifting of the landscape since we talked last time. So, at you know, Clemson's had a, a pretty disappointing season, especially offensively. And they got one of the things that happened last, you know, the last couple of years is he had promoted from within guys. They had developed internally. They, he wasn't going out looking for outside coaches. Well, Clemson got rid of their offensive coordinator and hired away, uh, Garrett Riley from TCU as their new offensive coordinator it was a big move from mm. Clemson to improve their offense in the future. Um,
0: I'll just say I hope he enjoys the same success at Clemson that he did against Georgia in the, in the championship game at TCU.
2: He ain't, pay, he ain't playing Georgia's defense every week. No, nobody um, is, really, except us. So then TCU responded by stealing Arkansas's offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles. That's Arkansas terrible. then had to hire an offensive coordinator, and they looked around, and they hired a guy named Dan Enos, who had been an offensive coordinator uh, at a couple places, <clears throat> and had been in Alabama, and he's infamous as the guy who, after the, know, the bowl game, championship game, whatever, one year when they, uh, he basically like uh, cleaned out his office at three o'clock in the morning and and took a job at Miami or somewhere, and Saban came in the next morning yelling like, "Where's Dan?" Get him in here or whatever. And the guy was like already had just cleaned out his office and emailed HR and he was 300 miles away when before Saban (laughs) knew he was going.
0: Whatever. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's good. I I, it'd be especially funny if he stuffed a couple of national championship trophies in his in his trunk of his car all the way down the highway. (laughs) Where are those trophies? Oh, Dan, dang it. (laughs) That's cool. It's like a Reynolds movie out of there.
2: It is, but I also think like for Arkansas that we play regularly, it's a step down in OC. I don't think he's as good as Bryles, and so I yeah. think their offense is taking a step backwards. Five and seven um, Arkansas, here it comes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Old Miss, you know, got a couple of other quarterbacks in the transfer portal. They added Oklahoma State Spencer Sanders, who we talked about and who mm. I'm not sold on. Right. And then they added a backup quarterback from LSU – Named Walker Howard. Walker Howard is the son of Jamie Howard. (laughs) Jamie Howard! Heisman (laughs) Trophy for us. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, the best day in Auburn defense history, Jamie Howard. Yes. And so I can't wait till Walker Howard throws an interception against Auburn's
0: defense. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um,. But they And they still have Jackson Dart, so they have all three of those quarterbacks on their roster now. But, yeah, for those that don't know, Jamie Howard was the quarterback for LSU under Curly Hallman that was the guy dealing out all those interceptions in the infamous 1994 interception game that we have dissected on this program in depth back during the quarantine period.
2: Basically, if LSU had run a quarterback sneak for one yard on every play they'd have won the game. Instead, they continued to throw the ball and we raid multiple interceptions back for touchdowns and won. And that was his dad. Wow. I there's so Jamie
0: Howard had a kid and the jokes just write themselves. I'll let you folks out there make your own jokes about that. Okay. Um <coughs> I oh I, I can't even I'm getting jokes in my mind now, and I can't say them on this program. But you can just kind of make up your own jokes. I'm sure John appreciates that I don't say them. Um, I'll tell him after the show is over. (laughs) Oh, my God. But, yeah, it was just weird because we were just laughing at Ole Miss for not getting hardly anybody in the transfer portal. And all of a sudden they go out and get, like, two top – in terms of who's available, two Mm -hmm. of the top quarterbacks. What the heck? I guess it's just – that's what Lane Kiffin does, right? They're going to go seven and five again, eight and four again, with uh, with a good quarterback or three, and and nothing else. Somebody's going to be unhappy
2: there after spring practice. Oh yeah, we'll
0: see. you got it. I mean, now Howard is younger, right? He's just like a freshman. Yeah, he's the
2: he's the younger guy. He could be there a couple of years. But, but I'm sure you Spencer don't. Victor Sanders is a one year guy. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure you don't leave LSU to go to Ole Miss to sit on the bench. Which is what he's going to be doing, probably.
2: Uh, He'd be sitting on the bench at LSU because their quarterback's coming back as well. Uh,
0: Now, all right, our last couple of things. um, In fact, I think we've got something on here twice. So what is the deal with the Florida quarterback and the NIL and all that? I saw that in the news, and I was just like, I don't know what this is, and I don't have the desire to go look it up. So you tell us what was going on with that.
2: So this should be a story that makes you feel better about Auburn's NIL operation because we're not doing this stuff. Again, <laughs> the Florida coach and has been a little shaky, and now the NIL has been a little shaky. So this is what happened. They recruited a basically a five-star quarterback, and he signed with Florida recently. Um, his name is Jaden Rashada. Okay? okay. He was supposedly... You know, recruited to replace Anthony Richardson, who's leaving early to go to the NFL. And supposedly he was told, you're getting this amount of money from NIL over a four-year period. And the money that he was supposed to get at the beginning here has not materialized. And, And it sounds like the full deal he was promised was not going to materialize. And the number that's been thrown out there that he was told he could get over a four-year period is $13 million. Good gosh. Good gosh. So, A, that's insane. Yes. And B, but B, they were writing promises that Florida's NIL operation cannot keep. And that's Couldn't why he checks. left. But, he's still, so but this, he signed? He signed, and then he was given a release. Oh, okay. So he's Good. no longer with them. So... You know, I think he's gonna go out west or something. But this is a good story for think about it in terms of Auburn that you don't hear this kind of messiness with our NIL and this no. kind of silliness.
0: Right. Wow. They were writing checks that their bank account couldn't cash, that their NIL That's people it. couldn't and,
2: cash. And but also they've now let themselves kind of without a quarterback for the future. They don't have a bunch of other super talented guys on the roster. Richardson's gone. They may be in trouble.
0: Wow, Florida with no quarterback because they couldn't scrape up the NIL money, although, albeit a ridiculous amount of NIL money. But yeah, oh, huh. okay, all right. Well, all right. Well, we're pretty much out of time. This was a nice odds and ends show, and it's going to give me a chance to use the basketball theme for once, for the first time in quite a while. So, any final thoughts for
2: tonight, Van? I'm just glad you got to use the transfer portal sound. <laughs>
0: I guess I'll play us out on that. (laughs) All right. Uh, All right, so we will return next week, and uh, we'll see what's going on with our two really big, really big basketball games this week. So uh, I guess uh, our time is up. We thank you for yours, War Eagle, John. Bring it, man.